Welcome back to Develop Lex. Uh, today you have Weston and Ross in the studio, and we are elated to welcome on Buddy Calgill, uh, Norwood Buddy Calgill. Um, we have been uh, wanting to talk to Buddy for a very long time. Um, he spoke at CPAL, which is a commercial property association um, that I'm a part of a few years ago. And right after that interview, I said we have to get him on the podcast. Um, their company has had some stuff going on to where um, big, big projects to where they couldn't talk a ton um, at the time, but he has agreed to come on and we are very excited to hear about his life story uh, and how he has gotten to the place he is today. So I'll let him introduce himself. So we'll, we'll kind of go into backgrounds and then we'll go into kind of the day to day um, of what your working life looked like. So uh, buddy, welcome on. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Um, and I'm sorry it's taking so long. <laughs> hey, that's okay. <laughs> we, we, we are pumped um, to have you here. So we're talking a little bit beforehand. Born and bred Lexington or just um, – or, or born and raised Lexington or how, how, how yeah, did Lexington uh, come about? Well, uh, I think I mentioned to you I was, uh, I was raised on Chenault Road uh, in, in uh, Chevy Chase. And at that time, believe it or not, it, uh, those were starter homes. And uh, all the young people, the young professionals moved there. And how my father got there, I have no idea how he, because he certainly wasn't a professional. He was a uh, uh, a salesman, a food salesman for Paramount Foods. And uh, But uh, that's where I grew up. And uh, we've had a lot of good good folks that grew up about the same time. Uh, lawyers, doctors, ministers, you name it. We've had everything that... Uh, uh, I grew up with, and uh, but it was strictly a, in the '50s type of, you know, sure. environment. It's certainly not the environment of today. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, so you grew up on Chenault. Did you go to high school in Lexington, college in Lexington? Yeah. It, you know, it's real crazy. It's real crazy. Uh, back then, Chenault Road was in the county, uh, mm. and the city school was Cassidy, and the high school, uh, I mean, the junior high was Morton. And if you know Lexington very well, you know, it's right next door to Chenault. Uh, but I was in the county, so I went to Kenwick, uh, which is now, I think, a hearing center or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, then to Lafayette, which bussed me all the way out to Lafayette right. instead of going to Henry Clay, which was probably over here on, <laughs> Go here on Main so Street. I'm a Lafayette which, guy yeah, as which, well. Yeah, which is crazy. So anyway, that's, uh, uh, that's where... Uh, that's where I went to high school, and and then I uh, I, I stayed in town and and went to Transylvania. Transylvania and uh, Transylvania is really uh, uh, important to my family, to myself, and, and my family. Uh, that's where I met my wife, and uh, probably the best decision I made. Uh, but anyway, uh, I uh, she graduated from there, and so did uh, um, all three of my daughters. Wow. And I've had four grandchildren graduate from there. So uh, it's special to us. Uh, I've been involved on the board there for probably 30 years. Um, I'm chairman of the board there. Um, and it's a great school. It uh, We've got some great graduates and uh, uh, really good faculty, good everything. I mean, it's, I, I can't say anything. There's nothing bad about Transylvania. I think we don't get our story out enough at, at how what we do with our graduates and our graduates are very successful people. 
we've mm-hmm. we've had a few now we're up to a few um people on this podcast that have now gone to transylvania well good uh brian wood was one of our more popular i mean he was a, an incredible speaker and he spoke very very highly of transylvania yeah well chad uh, needham too. chad needham yeah. yeah there's there's been a few yeah good what what did your trajectory look like after after uh graduating from transylvania well um when I went to Transylvania, I thought I was going to be a doctor. So I took a lot of pre-med courses. And then uh, at an early age of 20, I got married. And that's when my real estate career started in a way because we didn't really have a lot of money. And so I rented a house down by the University of Kentucky and um, started renting to students in the house with living with us um, so that I could live free. And that's really where I got started. And I, I said, hey, you know, this this makes a lot of sense. But <laughs> number one, we were living free. And number two, I was making money on the side. And I really think the only reason I really thought about being a doctor was it makes good money. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh but anyway, that's how I got. That's how I got started, and and then we ended up renting a couple more houses. Then I bought some houses, uh, and uh, and it just kept going from there. My father was uh, had a few houses that he uh, that he rented, um, so I probably got some of that from him too because I saw that, you know, you could make some money on it. But the things have changed so dramatically back then. We had a market. They think the market's good now. The market back then was just, you know, I was buying houses. Oh, gosh, I was buying houses for twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. And, you know, I was renting them out. Oh, well, we paid for them in five years, six years. Wow. Uh, and then they built those dorms, those tall dorms. Ooh, didn't like that at all. <laughs> it hurt our occupancy. Yeah. Uh, now they've torn those dorms down. But boy, we're ready to kill the UK back then. <laughs> but anyway, so anyway, we got uh, we got started in that, and then my interest in in Trancy uh, really also started at that time because uh, to fill these houses up, I needed to uh, uh, I need furniture. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, trying to find furniture, and it just so happened Trancy was uh, selling the furniture out of a dorm. Um, it was a hundred and some odd roomfuls of furniture, and um, I uh, I made a bid on it without telling my wife. I took all our savings and made a bid on it, and I'll be darned if I didn't get the bid. <laughs> so anyway, we talked about that for a long time. But anyway, it uh, uh, probably the only really big problem I, after that i think my wife just let me run yeah you know but she uh, let you prove yourself a little bit and then yeah well it, it's real funny uh on it because the the guy that had all i wanted was 10 roomfuls of of you know furniture and i had a hundred bought a hundred and some odds so um uh when i went home and told <laughs> when i went home and told my my wife that i'd done that she was not happy and, <laughs> And then she got happier when uh, uh, the bidder, the second bidder, called me up and said that he he would uh, give me uh, the f- ten roomfuls free if I let him have the bid. And uh, I awesome. said no. 
Oh. <laughs> uh, so anyway, to make a long story short, that summer uh, uh, I sold the rest of the furniture out and borrowed the money. It was seven tractor trailer loads. Uh, and uh, uh, that's really why, I, I guess, because it got me started because we made some good money that summer. And... Um, um, it got, you know, so therefore I guess I owe a little something to Trancy because I had the, <laughs> had the opportunity there. Uh, but uh, I had a fun summer because, I mean, of course, I didn't know you're supposed to pay sales tax when you sell things at that stage of my career. And I didn't know you're supposed to pay income tax at that. So you really do good money when you don't pay sales tax. Or, yeah, or, absolutely. Or, you know. But anyway, so that's, that's my story with it, at uh, Transylvania. That's awesome. This episode is brought to you by Bank of the Bluegrass. It's easy to preach about being a community bank without actually operating that way, but I can attest as a real customer of Bank of the Bluegrass that they are truly in the community and for the community. Whether it's closing a real estate transaction that needs some creativity, troubleshooting an issue where you need a real person on the other end of the phone, or just the simple fact that when you walk in the door, your banker knows your name, Bank of the Bluegrass has you covered. Plain and simple, the best bank in town. Bank of the Bluegrass, member FDIC. NMLS 421548, Equal Housing Wonder. DevelopLex is sponsored by SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate, a full-service commercial real estate firm located in Lexington, Kentucky, affiliated with the SVN International Network, which is comprised of over 1,600 advisors and staff and 200-plus offices across the globe. The SVN Stone team consists of experienced commercial real estate advisors in the heart of the bluegrass. SVN provides commercial real estate services to large corporations, middle market businesses, and individual entrepreneurial investors. Serving the greater Lexington area, SVN offers advisory services for sales, leasing, management, and development of commercial properties locally, regionally, and nationally. With transaction volume of over $400 million, the advisors at SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate have vast experience and deep understanding of all aspects of commercial real estate. And so went from you you had a few houses, had a lot of furniture, um, and then where where did kind of your career trajectory go from there? Were you a full-time real estate investor at that point? Were you doing something else as well? Well, it started out, I, I worked for, um, for Jericho, for Jerry's Restaurants, and I did that. I did that for three years, and uh, which is an exciting, great business. But boy, it's it's not a family business. Mm-hmm. If you want to have a family, and um, it's not, it, it's it's a tough business because you've got takes a lot of hours, and uh, I made really good money at, in it. Uh, but more importantly, I think what I, I really learned about business with it. Uh, you know, actual bit. You learn a lot in college, but you know, till you get out there and see and meet people and ha- learned how to manage and you know, learned a lot of, about just more operational type things. Um, uh, and it and it was tough. I mean, it uh, uh, Warren Rosenthal was tough. I mean, he's a tough guy to work for. I can tell you right now. Mm. Uh, but uh, from there, I went and uh, during that time, I also developed a, a house or two and then uh, I went and worked uh, with my father with Paramount Foods in Louisville for a couple of years and uh, it, during that time I also uh, was buying real estate um, and uh, one thing interesting about Down by UK which is so interesting to me you know today if you want to get financing for student housing 
it's easy. I mean, it's, it's you know, the, the word's out, you make good money in it. The, you know, guys buy houses or they build apartment buildings <laughs> or whatever, it's easy. Back in those days, you could not hardly get money for financing. Hmm. You had to do a lot of owner financing. Actually, the first financing deal I did was with Midway Junior College, it was called back then. They were actually lending money for the elder endowment for wow. people. But it was very difficult, very difficult from a financing standpoint, even though you made good money, made awfully good money. Yeah, hmm. they didn't. There, there wasn't that proven track record of student housing oh, at that point. Don't you know students tear up everything? They you don't do. know about I that? Was, I was one at one point. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the word out. I mean, that, that was the word, you know, that they— uh, you know, just you tore it all up. You know, why would you want to rent to people that are only there for maybe less than a year and they tear up everything? So, yeah, you know, absolutely. But anyway, so I did that. And then after playing around with uh, houses down by UK, I, you know, it, it's it's a tough racket and it's OK on a small scale. But then I wanted to get into bigger properties. And uh, uh first biggest property I bought was I get bigger property was 30 acres, 30, not acres, 30 units over on Densmore Drive. And that still wasn't big enough because it's, you can't have a manager. Mm. So um, I, I and a partner bought the gatehouse apartments out on Liberty Road together, uh, Ben Buckley. Uh, I think you've had Biff on here before. Yeah. Uh, but his dad and I were partners for, gosh, 30 years till he passed away from late 70s to... Uh, um, late seventies until, uh, I guess he passed away a couple of years ago, but, um, and Bill's a great guy too. He's I awesome. mean, I mean, he's a, he's a great guy and a good businessman. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, and I think he got a lot from his dad, mm -hmm. at least that is kind of what I think. And, uh, but, uh, yes, if you could speak to, you, you touched on there, 30 units wasn't enough. You couldn't hire a manager. Did you, was there kind of a threshold? You were like, man, this, this finally makes sense for me not to have to go over there and fool with this every day. Well, I think to really have the, the whole staff, you really got to get to up to about 200. Now you can operate with a hundred, but I wouldn't buy anything less than a hundred, uh, because they get you a manager and they get you a maintenance guy. And 200 gets you a manager, a leasing agent, a couple maintenance people, maybe a housekeeper alone. You know, you can have a staff to where you're not having to be there every day and worry about the toilets or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that should be anybody's goal. A young person is, is you know, try to build up to that, to that, uh, to that level. Uh, and a lot of the stuff you can do when you're younger you do a lot of the work. I, you know, I used to do all the work, cleaning and and repair work and stuff like that when I had a few houses. But if you look in the long, you know, look out 30 years, do you want to be do, doing that when you're 60 years old? Now, you mm -hmm. probably don't. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you have uh, larger properties, you don't, you know, you you won't have to. Someone else can take care of it for you, you know. And uh, um, so anyway, that's. And then I tried some other things during that time. I, I tried to be a builder, hmm. which I failed at greatly. Uh, I just, it, it just, it, to me, it was too much work. Too, you know, it, mm -hmm. I just, and the, the, the women would drive you crazy. I did uh, custom homes over in Lakeview Estates and uh, really nice homes. Uh, but it, it I, I couldn't make any money on it, and it, it was too frustrating. People call you at night, and you know. So I, 
I, I, I didn't do that. Probably during those times that I did, uh, that I did do, you know, very well on was, I did, I think it started in the late 70s, I did start doing condo conversions. So where I took an apartment building and split it up into condos and sold it. And I did uh, four of them. Uh, one over on uh, Cooper Drive, one out in Metathorpe and uh, um, uh, off of Forbes Road out there, townhouses. And then I, I did one in Eastland. And the, the big one I did was Cottonelle's, uh, was um, uh, the, uh, Hanover Tires, which that was unbelievable as far as the people because we bought it uh, ben, i ben i brought ben in on it too and and uh buckley and uh we, we thought we were buying a place with you got to realize we're a lot younger okay uh we thought everybody was going to be in their uh oh maybe 60s and maybe maybe there might be one or two in their 70s you know and there'd be couples and we could sell these these condos out made a lot of sense mm. So we got under contract, we closed on it, and then we found out what our clients were. Well, heck, they were 75 and older. I think all but four or five, three or four people were female. And, and, we're, and we're trying to sell these, you know, try to sell them a place that they've been renting. Yeah. I, I think those people still live there and they're the same age. Yeah. <laughs> which, which we were... Uh, um, but anyway, we got them sold. We did, ex I mean, extremely well. And you know, when you you, you sell, you buy something for thirty thousand units, you sell it for sixty. I mean, you know, do the math, and you got a hundred units. It's not it. You're making some money, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, they were. Uh, do I have time to tell a little story? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, got okay. all the time in the world. I had this uh, this lady that we've been trying to sell the condos to, and she was eighty-seven years old. And she came down and had to talk to me. She didn't want to talk to the salespeople. She had to talk to me. So uh, I said, Miss, I forgot her name, Miss So-and-so. Uh, <clears throat> said, you want to talk to me? She says, yeah. She says, listen, it's crazy for me to buy a condo. I'm 87 years old. I sold my house 20 years ago. been in here. It's crazy. And I said, I started my sales pitch. And she's shut me up so quick she said i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it i'm buying the thing i'm buying it it's crazy for me to buy it and i i i said well and i started my sales pitch again yeah. she, no she says i want i want to tell you something even crazier that stupid bank downtown is loaning me money for 20 years <laughs> <laughs> At 87. <laughs> At 87 years old. <laughs> and, she, awesome. and she's talking about First Security, the old First Security that's now, yeah. uh, what is it, Chase or whatever uh -huh. it is downtown. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, me money for 20 years. I mean, and, I, you know, I, th I thought, so I called a friend of mine that was in the, you know, lent on homes. I said, is, can this really be true? And she, he said, oh, they can't, if, if she's healthy, age cannot, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh. Age, you can't, if she's healthy. You you know you can't discriminate by age, mm -hmm. which yeah uh, you know. So I don't know how much longer she lived there because hey, she might still be there. Who knows? It would not surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> it would not surprise me. Might refinance yeah. or something. Craftsman Contractors is Central Kentucky's one-stop shop for roofing, windows, siding, and gutters. CraftsmanContractors.com/slash/contact us. 
to get you straight to the form you need so that their team will get in touch about your project. Or just text Stephen at 859-246-0108. When they finish your project of windows, siding, gutters, or roofing, you'll see what they mean when they say we build with integrity. Are you looking to start or scale your real estate portfolio in Central Kentucky? Check out Rapid Fire Investments. They find off-market, discounted real estate deals just for you, so you can save time and maximize profits. From single-family homes to multifamily apartments, no matter what your investment goals are, Rapid Fire can help you reach them. Sign up for their email list today and get notified when new properties become available. Just go to rapidfireinvestments.com. That's rapidfireinvestments.com. But anyway, during that time, we also did those conversions, and then I, uh, I bought... Uh, I bought a property over on um, Legion Drive from Rex Martin. Do you know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about? Is that the one right next to their clubhouse? Over on oh, that's that's not no. Legion. No. Uh, no, I do not know you're talking about that. You know Rex Martin? Yes, sir. You know that name? Yes, sir. Well, he built the castle. Oh wow! Out, and he was about as weird a duck as you could. <laughs> I mean, I liked Rex, but he was just different. Let's I've just always wondered it. about who built that. Yeah, he built that. So he built this this uh, building over on Legion Drive, which is across from the Lexton Clinic, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and he didn't rent it. And he was he was he was um, sell, he'd only sell it. And so, I, you know, I met with him and tried to you know forgot what his price was. And I'm going to be wrong on these numbers, but let's just say $2 million mm-hmm. back then. It's 100 units. And uh, uh, I told Rex, I said, if you'll fill it up, I can pay close to what you want. But I cannot pay that amount of money unless it's got tenants. You know, I'm paying interest, and I wouldn't have any, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have that much money to, do, to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, no, I'm selling it. I'm not renting it. I'm selling it. Well, this is the kind of guy that builds a castle, right? Mm, yeah. Okay. So, so anyway, he, I want to tell you, a year later, he called me up and he said, he says, buddy, I'll, I'm going to sell, sell you, I'll sell it to you for what the price you, that, uh, you know, the price you, uh, you offered. Well, hell, I'd forgotten what I'd offered. <laughs> so he, I said, well, what did I offer last time? And he get, and he, you know, I told him the price and, or he told me the price and I, I said, okay, I'll take that. He says, "Well, <clears throat> this is on a Monday." He says, "I'll sell it to you, but we got to close on we got to close on Friday." Oh wow! <laughs> I said, <laughs> uh, "Rex, <laughs> I don't think I can do that." I mean, I maybe had ten thousand dollars or something. I mean, I had no money, hmm. you know. I, but I was going to get a partner. I was going to do something. I figured I get do work it out some way or the other. So anyway, I called down. This is the old days. Keep this in mind. I called down to my banker at First Security, and I said, I got a problem. Um, and he said, well, what's your problem now? I said, I've got this building to buy, but i got to close it by, by Friday. And he said, buddy, we've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, we closed that Friday. Wow. And... Um, um, so, but that was the days things were a lot, you know, it was appraised by some guy drove by and he windshielded. Yeah. He gave an appraisal, just windshielded. And, wow. 
and then they uh, money was very loose in those days, and you could you could get the money because, I mean, I'm borrowing a hundred percent. Sure. You know, and then probably saying I'm going to fix something up, so now it's a hundred and ten percent, hundred twenty percent. Just you know, um, I still own the property, wow. uh, but uh, it's a different. It was it's certainly a different world. That's absolutely, amazing. and and I tried to. Uh, his wife was Carolyn Martin. She owned Continental Tires, mm. and uh, so during that same time, I was trying to buy that, but I didn't get it. And uh, um, but interesting people, very. In- I just don't know if we have those characters in today's world. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you guys would know. You- well, we don't have the financing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely don't have that lender in my world these days. Sometimes well, it takes two weeks to get a closing statement. No. But when I did I tell you how easy it was during that time period now, okay, during that time period, when we bought Hanover Tires, I think I paid 3.2 for it, and um, and I got a loan of 4.5, mm-hmm. which I needed to fix it up, do all this thing, which in today's world, you just can't do that. You've got to have a lot of equity. And, yeah. uh, but back then, you know, if they knew you, they it was a smaller town. If mm-hmm. they knew you... And you had a good track record, you could get the money. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the only hard times I ever had business wise was uh, when the interest rates went to twenty one and a half. Now that's hard to believe, but it mm-hmm. went to twenty one and a half. Uh, my father was getting fifteen on CDs, which is just wow. that's totally pretty different. amazing. Yeah, and I, I somewhere though we paid all our paid all our interest and everything, but. I really got ticked off afterwards because there were some of my friends that uh, they just forgave it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the banks forgave them afterwards. But anyway, so when interest was in the high teens, low twenties, how were deals working? Was it just fewer deals, and you just you, you found people that were hurting, and you can make it work? How 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 did deals work back then with that much interest? They didn't. When it got to 21 and a half, there were no deals. There were no deals. Wow. Now, afterwards, there were deals because people were so upside down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nothing was happening at 21 and a half uh, to mount to anything. Also, you got to realize that that's, what, 45 years ago? Is that what it is? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, things have, you know, it's a whole different world. There's, there's, there's a lot more people in the game today than there was back there. So our competition for deals were, were uh, uh, was a lot less than it would be today. Uh, there was no big money coming into Lexington, like for apartment things. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now, if you had 200 units, I, mean, I don't know about right now because things are, you know, are really dropped off, you know, uh, all large real estate deals are probably falling, what, 50%, 60% in the United States right now? <clears throat> Just not much sales activity. Yeah. Uh, um, but back then, there weren't, there weren't any of the big boys in here. Um, you weren't competing against people from out like of Washington. Like a yeah. REIT. You know, those type of people. Um, but um, it, uh, 
it's just a different environment. But you, but people that are in it today at all levels, they'll make it work some way or the other. Mm-hmm. And we'll get through this interest rate. We'll either, you know, we'll get rents up or, or the interest rates down or a combination of both. I mean, it, it, it's just a, you know, it's, it's a, this is going to take a little time, mm-hmm. but um, I mean the future's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know some people will will struggle right now, especially if you've got a if you've borrowed money that's that's on a that's not fixed, and now you were used to paying four percent, and now you're paying eight percent. Mm-hmm. Well, you know there'll be some opportunities for some people to pick up those properties that people just can't afford it. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Um, uh, nationally, it's not. Actually, we're probably better off than nationally, right here in Lexington. Lexington's been a solid market. Hmm. I've been in other markets, and um, um, you know, they a lot of them go up real fast, and they then they fall real fast. Mm-hmm. And Lexington has never. It's been kind of like a steady, steady increase a little bit each year. And if it does go down, it goes down just a little bit. Not, you know. Uh, Why do you think that is? Well, we got. Um, we don't have any, we don't have the speculators here that much, uh, and the size of our <clears> market <throat> is small. Um, it's you know, and it, it's we're not an exciting place because we've got restrictions on growth and everything. So you know, we're not like a. Uh, 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 Nashville Houston, or Houston, or not you know, a little more Nashville than Knoxville, but even Knoxville, yeah. uh, uh, Knoxville is you know, you take Tennessee is, I mean Tennessee, what, thirty years ago was about like Kentucky, and that's twice mm-hmm. or three times. I don't know what the numbers are, uh, from an economic standpoint, um, they've had some dynamic leadership in Tennessee. Um, and they, you know, they they have TVA down there, and they they've got. Um, uh, I don't think they, unless they've changed it, they don't have uh, they don't have an income tax right. in, in Tennessee. And um, I've got a real good friend that's uh, from uh, Knoxville. That uh, you know, they and his basic thing is a lot of government stuff at Oak Ridge, and you know, there's a lot of government things down down in Tennessee too. Beside really. Uh, pushing uh, um, health care in Nashville especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just like in Lexington, I mean, if, if you took the health care out of Lexington, this place would dry, dry up. You take health care out and take University of Kentucky out, I mean, it's, there'd be nothing yep. here. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. people be leaving left and right. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I guess that's it. I don't, I'm not sure, yep. but... Uh, there's such a there's a difference in all these cities and states. I've worked when I had I tell you well, after I, was, I have talked about what I've done here in Lexington, uh, the biggest thing I ever did was uh, I had a company called Studio Plus, and it's an extended stay company, and and uh, I worked uh, in thirty states, about thirty states, and over. 50 municipalities and the, the difference on from the development side is is striking it, it was striking uh, uh, there and some of these cities are literally so corrupt that you would not believe and we wouldn't we wouldn't pay bribes mm-hmm. 
but there's certain places and and I'm not going to talk about where they are <laughs> but uh that basically you you're paying politicians uh through an attorney or through an engineer or through somebody mm -hmm. and uh the good news is and, and I haven't seen that in Lexington as far as Oh, fringe stuff, but not sure. not just not everybody corruption. does it. Yep. Every outright corruption, and everybody says, "Oh, you know, we're corrupt." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know that type of thing. But um, uh, you get educated if you work in that many places. Uh, you, you know, you kind of get a feel of 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 the of the city and uh, and the people in the city. Yeah. And I'll tell you right here, we've got good people in this city. I mean, um, the, the, I get a big kick out of it because, you know, all of us developers can't stand the uh, the planning staff. Well, I don't think any of us think where they're coming from. And, these, you know, these guys or women, uh, you know, they, they've got a tough job because whatever they do, there's somebody that's not happy, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, like, we could always criticize, but, you know, I'm not sure their job isn't tougher my job, mm -hmm. you know, because it, it is a tough job if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, and it's so much easier for them to say no than yes, because if they say yes, there's some group, I guarantee you, they'll be out there just raising cane. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I guess I still got to support the the developers, and yeah. uh, and I think along those same lines, you know, we're talking now about expanding the, the urban service area, and and, uh, and I've one one way I think that's a great idea, and the other time I think it's a bad idea, and uh, I've told people I said, you know, I'm not sure it's good for me because if they limit the supply, doesn't that make my property worth more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it does. <laughs> so yeah. anyway. But uh, if if you could, um, I'm curious because uh, I I would like to dive into a, a lot of um, really just like your day to day with um, Studio Plus. Uh, that that's the correct. Uh, well, it ended the, the name of that company was Studio Plus Hotels. Studio Inc. Plus Hotels. Yeah, um, it, it started out with Rex Martin's uh, building. And we we uh, started renting that. Um, um, actually, uh, Pat Madden can tell a better story about how it started because he, he embolishes everything. It, uh, you know, he makes it sound better than what it is. Better than I can tell the story anyway. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he, uh, uh, or, uh, I bought that building and I had to fix it up. I had to get it filled up as fast as I could because of the interest. You know, I had to do it. And I told my manager, I said, uh, uh, I don't care who you put in here. I don't care how long they're going to be here. I don't care you can win by the week, by the month. Don't tell anybody. You could even do it by the day. I'm, I don't care. Huh. Just get me some money in here. So uh, maybe three or four months later, uh, I get my statement from over there. And uh, it's wrong. It's wrong because right there it says I'm 50% occupied. But I've got, I'm bringing in the money that if I was 100% occupied. Uh -huh. So I 
go down to my accountant guy and raise hell. I said, this is wrong. What's going on? Well, what basically happened, she just started renting them by the week or by the month, and she just put some big number on it. People paid it. So I say, we're, we're just keep on doing that. <laughs> Let's keep on doing it. So we, we, uh, so we did that with that, and then I built the first really furnished, really kind of the, the first deal was um, um, uh, out on, in Patch and out off of Richmond Road. Mm-hmm. In fact, a couple of years ago, just out of, I bought it back <laughs> just for, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense for me to buy, but I bought it. No. Uh, but uh, so we we started building. I started building. Uh, first ones were here in Lexington, one in Patch and one out on Texas Creek Road. Then I went to Louisville, built a couple in Louisville, went to Cincinnati, built a few in Cincinnati. And I had gotten up to 17 or 18 of them, uh, all Ohio. It was Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, just, you know, this, mm. just that thing. And I, and I need money. So um, we, I went to some different groups to see, you know, what I could do. And you know, like the Carlisle group, I don't know if you're familiar with them in D.C. It's a, a big, uh, big money place. You know, they, they do a lot of different types of deals. And, and I, I wasn't having any trouble getting the money, but they wanted control. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to give up control. So um, we... Um, we decided that maybe the best op- best thing to do would be to go public. Um, and be honest with you, I knew nothing about it. I mean nothing. Maybe less than nothing. Um, but I was fortunate enough that uh, one of the lenders at that time was the Lehman Brothers. Mm. And I'm thinking, you know, they, they offered me, you know, made sense to me what the deal was. So just uh, then they went under. It's like 1990 or 91, two or something like that. So now I had to find another underwriter. And luckily, we were fortunate enough at that time, it was uh, Smith Barney uh, and um, Montgomery Securities. Both of them do not exist today, but they were very big. Uh, Montgomery uh, was uh, out on, in San Francisco, so they gave me West Coast money. And, um, and then... Uh, Oh, well, Smith Barney was all over the United States, so so we we uh, cut a deal, and those those deals are there's a lot of risk if you go with a national firm like that, because you're putting up all the money for all the all all the legal, all the prospectus back then when the internet, so yeah, everything's printed and all that, um, and then you've got a lot of travel involved in it too. So I, I probably had over a million bucks speculative that, that we could sell the stock. Um, so then you go on a road show and you go all over the United States and trying to sell. That's the biggest sales job you can do. Um, I mean, you go from Boston to, I probably had about 15 stops, 20 stops over two weeks. Uh, probably the most I did, and I, I, I did Boston one day. I, I, I did a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner and three, three or f- three, I guess it was three one-on-ones in the morning and three one-on-ones in the afternoon. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, you're, it's, it's very hectic. It's a lot of fun, a lot of work. Uh, 
but uh, uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, maybe it could have made more money if I'd never gone public, to tell you the truth. But it was, I wouldn't pay, I wouldn't trade that, uh, wouldn't trade it for that experience for any amount of money. Mm-hmm. It was that much fun. It really was. On the other side of the coin, those people are the greediest people I've ever been around. <laughs> I mean, they are greedy, beyond greedy. Uh, and they uh, they live the high life, man. It's a different world. I mean, it's not my world, but it's 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 like you you know, like people talk about on TV. I mean, it's limousines and and uh, private planes and uh, anything under five hundred dollars. I mean, this is twenty years ago. Anything under five hundred dollars for a bottle of wine, God Almighty, can't imagine. And make sure now you can tip them. 15 or 20 percent on the food, but on the wine, you only do five. Mm. Now, does that make any sense when you're spinning? Yeah. Makes no sense at all. But, uh, but it's a great experience. And, uh, we were oversubscribed three or four times. So, you know, we were off to a good start. And then we had a secondary offering after that. And, and at that stage, you know, it wasn't my world. It really wasn't. We were doing great. But you you had to be gone a lot. I had to travel a lot. You know, you have to, you have all these analyst meetings that you got to go to. You know, I was in New York so much that, you know, hell, I knew, hell, I knew where every streetlight was almost. (laughs) I mean, you know, I was up there so much. And, uh, of course, they take care of you. You know, there's a car here and a car there and a plane here and a plane there. And, uh, but uh, it's great experience. It's a great experience. And, but uh, I, I knew it wasn't my. I'm I, I'm really kind of a family guy, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I just knew I couldn't I couldn't keep my family together or keep me together. Uh, pretty soon I'll be thinking I'm pretty smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You get your ego going a little too big. So uh, I decided to merge it with uh, uh, Extended Stay America. Uh, a couple years after we went public, uh, uh, with, uh, NASDAQ. And, uh, then, uh, I merged it with them and then we, um, um, put it on the New York stock exchange. By the way, if you know, when they ring that bell, it's push a button, by the way, <laughs> there's, there's no bell to ring. It's no just you push a button right up there on the little, uh, podium. But you got to push the button. Oh, yeah, I got to push a button. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. We got to find that picture. <laughs> I don't have a picture of it. I should. Oh, really? Yeah. And back then, the NASDAQ uh, didn't have a, there wasn't, you know, nowadays, it's, you can see the NASDAQ, they have a place. Mm-hmm. And there's no place on the, on the NASDAQ. You didn't have a ring the button or do anything like that. But I also enjoy, I enjoy my time with uh, ESA because, and that got into another different world for, my, for me. And that world was uh, the big money world. And um, ESA was founded by a friend of mine, uh, uh, George Johnson, and his partner, Wayne Hysinga. And I don't know if you, if you guys probably don't know who Wayne Hysinga. He, he, uh, he started Blockbuster and uh, old Factory I mean, like, I think he had three or four 500 companies. Uh, He owned um, all all the sports teams in Miami, the Dolphins, the hockey team, the baseball team, 
Uh, but Wayne was something else. And uh, but that's that's when I had my Air Force, so I could call up any size plane I needed because he had every plane you could imagine. Wow! If you needed a, um, you know, if you need a small jet, big jet, middle sized jet, helicopter, you name it. He he, um, different world. But I mean, that's another world. Uh, a world I don't care to be in. Uh, but it's um, uh, it's a lot like what you see on uh, some of these shows on TV. The you know like billions or uh-huh. that type that type of world. And uh, I mean it's it it's the world that. Um, well, I, I go down to visit Wayne and um, oh and uh, oh, what's the name of that uh, down in. Um, North Carolina, big mountain or great great mountain or Black, Black Mountain. Yeah, well, some place down there. Yeah. He he owned a, a golf course there and a, 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 oh, a, a, oh, a resort type thing and everything and you know so you know you 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 fly. He'd bring send a plane for me here, and then I would fly to Hickory. Then I'd get on a helicopter, fly up there, and then we'd land on the you know, we'd land right on the golf course, right on the tee, number one. Wow. And, you know, and of course he'd have his big car there. And it, I mean, it's, it's it really kind of stupid, to tell you the truth, which in today's world you could do with Zoom and nothing else, and you didn't have to do all that. Uh, but it's, uh, you get in that high finance, and you get into the those kinds of companies and, people and it's it's a different world yeah. it really is a different world and uh, I don't say it's corrupt but I, I can say they're very greedy people yeah mm. they're extremely greedy people and uh, uh, you know a billion's not as good as two billion mm. well who needs more who needs a billion <laughs> that type of thing but but anyway yeah uh, it's a, it was a great experience for me, a great experience. How how did you kind of balance that? So all the, all the while you were living right here in Lexington, right? Or right. were you? How how did you kind of balance that perspective with you were taking a helicopter and landing on a first tee, and then you're coming home and doing the Lexington thing, maybe going to yeah. How did you kind of balance that perspective? Well, from a business standpoint, it wasn't a problem. Uh, from a, a family standpoint, it's. You know, it's hard to get your mind wrapped around the family uh, when you have, you know, you, they're pumping you up constantly. I mean, you know, what I mean, you know, and they're talking big dollars and it's always, everything's over the top. Uh, so it, it's, it, it's, it's hard to keep your, it's hard to keep your mind, yeah. <laughs> you know, stable almost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's why I got, I got out of it uh, in uh, about uh, 2000, about 2000. I was on the board there and uh, CEO of their of, of their uh, uh, extended stay thing of the of Studio Plus still. But I I just uh, uh, it wasn't for me. Sure, it just really wasn't. And it wasn't. It, you can't do that and have a family. And I I'm lucky. I've got three daughters. And I got three son-in-laws, and believe it or not, they're all good people, and I enjoy them. Uh, of course, my my wife runs all everything, so. <laughs> uh, but um, so it. Um, 
I don't think I could have if I'd stayed that. I don't. I think it'd been very difficult for me to, to, uh, uh, to still real maybe be married. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because it's. I mean, you see an awful lot of things out there that are not good. Yeah. I mean, you see or hear a lot of things that aren't good, and uh, uh, and then you see some things that are great. I don't want to make it all. Look, mm-hmm. that's it's capitalism, and they. It keeps things going. And so, I mean, it's not all one-sided at all. Yeah. It just wasn't for me, sure. if that makes sense. It just wasn't for me. And uh, But ne- nevertheless, a great a great experience for a, and, and a, a phenomenal perspective giver. Um, oh, I mean, you know, I, it, uh, I talk about, you know, I, you know, they sent a plane for me for the Masters, and they got a limousine at the Masters, and seats on three or four greens, and... You know, I mean, you know, and it all sounds great and everything, but, you know, what's more important in life if you really think about it? And, and I still enjoy business. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I enjoy business. I just I just don't want to get into all of that. Yeah. I just don't want to be in that. And, uh, have sure. To, you know. Now, so, okay, so you just gave us a timeline there. Um, so you said about 2000 was when um, you got out of that or – um, or at least loosely got out of that. What has what has uh, Calgo looked like from 2000, or I guess what has your kind of working life looked like, and what kind of things are you involved in from 2000 on, and what is kind of where where are you guys at today? What kind of projects and where are you okay. all at today? Well, I, right after I got out of that, I, I started another company called Office Suites Plus, and we ended up with 30 some odd locations in six or seven or eight states. Uh, hardest business I've ever been in in my life. Tough business. Um, ended up selling it uh, to Regis, which is an international company, if you're familiar with Regis. Um, and it's like Regis or WeWorks. It's, um, most of those companies, if you look at it, they raise money. They don't make any money. Hmm. They just raise money and borrow money. But it is a tough business, and I got you know. Luckily, I was I, I knew uh, old Dixon, uh, Mark Dixon, who was head of uh, uh, head of Regions, Regis, and uh, uh, he's right. A, he is a character. Um, but uh, I was able, uh, with the help my 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 son-in-law uh, Jay Boffman was uh, head of that company, and. Uh, with his help, we were able to to sell it, and I I tell you, it is it was just we just couldn't make any money in it. Mm-hmm. It's it's the first thing that I've ever done where I couldn't didn't feel like I I tried everything I couldn't get it to work. Mm-hmm. So luckily, we found somebody that would pay for this, yeah. uh, and because he just needed more space places and he could raise some more money. So if, if he paid me, I forgot what it was, thirty, forty million dollars, then he could, <laughs> you know, he might raise thirty, forty, or sixty. He probably raised sixty because he bought me for thirty. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't know what the numbers were, but uh, but anyway, we got out of that. And then since then, uh, uh, we've been, you know, just that's probably two thousand and ten, maybe. Since then, we've been. Um, uh, concentrate our efforts really in the apartment business here in Lexington um, uh, and any prop I've really sold everything outside of Lexington 
uh, properties that have accumulated over the years um, and really concentrated or starting to concentrate more on Lexington um, in their apartment business. And what, what do you feel um, like Lexington can do better <clears throat> moving forward? And what is something that excites you um, for the city of Lexington moving forward? Well, I think the, I think uh, uh, the planning, um, they're starting to get a grips on planning now. And I think, I think uh, government says, you know, we really need to revamp our planning and how we do it and everything. That's the good side. The bad side, if they come in with a heck of a lot more res regulations, it's just going to make things a lot more expensive. So, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, I th you know, it's just difficult. They government has a difficult job to to get everybody on board. You know, now what was the other question? And then what probably what are you most excited for moving forward in Lexington? What what kind of qualities do you think that we have that maybe position us uniquely? Yeah, I think your your story is interesting because you've done you've been incredibly successful and you've done it all from Lexington, but yeah. it hasn't necessarily been in Lexington. So maybe an encouragement for people that want to live in Lexington for a long time of what the city has. Yeah. Oh, the city the city's a great city. I mean, you know, you can sit here and talk about all the bad things and everything if you want to about this politician or this regulation or what, but we, we were very fortunate we live in a great city. Uh, and I think what's made it, makes it great to start with is is uh, is UK and Transylvania. Uh, if I move to another city, I sure would want to go to a city that had a, at least one university. Nashville's got how many? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think I think our... Uh, the university is just a terrific. Uh, of course, Trancy's not anything. You know, UK's huge. Sure. Trancy's little, but I mean, here again, it's a, it's it's education, and and if there's anything that we need to be pushing is education, and all you read now is anti-education, which doesn't make a lot just because some billionaire quit school at sixteen as a billionaire <laughs> doesn't mean. You know, that's the answer for society. Yeah. I mean, uh, and if anything we need, to me, the number one thing in the state is education. There's more and more education uh, uh, for people. Uh, I, I mean, I think we're real positive. I mean, I'm real positive about the city. city's a great place to live. It's a great place to uh, you can get good people to work with you here. There's quality people out there to hire uh, you know, there's not really anything real negative from my perspective mm -hmm. uh, on, on it. I don't see the city growing greatly, but I also don't see it decreasing. The scary part is if it ever starts decreasing, I mean, where your population decreased and you don't have new stuff happening, I mean, then you're in real trouble. Mm -hmm. it, then you got to turn around. And if you have a turnaround... It's a lot harder mm -hmm. than to keep keep the ball rolling. So I think the question is how fast we keep the ball rolling, uh, and um, uh, it's a great it's a great town. I'd yeah. never tell anybody yeah. come here. I, I I don't think we've got the opportunities here though that some of the other cities, and that's why we lose so many young people. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and uh, uh, and we have we have a lot of uh, very talented people. 
that uh, actually I think they're more talented than they were early in my career as far as getting getting folks uh, yeah. uh, t- to work with you. Uh, uh, and I think we got a lot of entrepreneurs in this town. Well, I think we're we're sitting in a building in, in it full of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? Thank yes, it is. awesome ink. Yeah, uh, so we uh, need to work on retaining all of them in some capacity. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And uh, um, some of these other cities are more exciting. And that's why I hope we can keep downtown going and growing and more things happening down downtown for, you know, for young people to do things. So, you know, th- that's what keeps people, you know, wanting to be in the city. And uh, uh, so we've got, uh, we've got one property here downtown and it's done real well. And, uh, uh, and and I you know I think we just need more housing down here. We've said this for fifty years, but I think now I think the Webbs and Lincoln are going to do something on the hill behind Rupp's Arena or Central. When it's Central, when it's Central, Central Bank Bank yeah. yeah. Luther, Luther killed me. Not knowing the name. <laughs> <laughs> I better be careful. He'll be all over me. Um, but you know if we if that gets if that really goes. Mm-hmm. That's a heck of a lot of people downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's another project up on uh, uh, Maxwell that uh, if it gets approved and everything, with it's more mm-hmm. student housing, but it's it's closer to downtown. Uh, and uh, we just need more things for more experience type things, more entertainment for people your all's age, mm-hmm. I think. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. And, uh, but it'll happen. Yeah. It's all going to happen. It just, you know, I just hope I'll be around to see some of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, thank you so, thank you so much for everything that you've done for the city. Um, thank you just for coming on and sharing your experiences. Hopefully, it can inspire the next person to kind of fill fill your shoes and, um, yeah, just get excited about the city of Lexington. Yeah, good city. <laughs> Developlex is a part of the Middle Tech family of brands. This episode is edited by Jacob Spencer. Emily McCarthy creates our social content that serves you daily.